0: This morning God's word comes to us from the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, we will begin our reading at verse 15 and then read through verse 23 of this chapter. That is uh, printed in the worship folder or if your Bible's with you, uh, you can turn to Colossians chapter 1. Pick up the reading at verse 15 as Paul speaks about Jesus Christ. Here now is God's holy word. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy, and blameless, and above reproach before Him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the Gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Here we end the reading of God's Holy Word. You also have in your worship folder, Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 9, and this morning I would like to read for you question and answer 26. The question is, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? The answer, that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence is my God and father because of Christ his son I trust him so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and he will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this sad world. He is able to do this because he is Almighty God. He desires to do this because he is a faithful father. Well, we are entering into our study of the Apostles' Creed, Those twelve articles of the faith confessed throughout history, a confession that all true believers can make. Uh, We talked last time about the structure of the Creed, it is structured on the nature of the Trinity, that treasure of who God is, He is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. He is God the Father, uh, who is the God, who is the Creator. He God the Son, who is the Redeemer. God the Holy Spirit, who is the Sanctifier. If we look at the Apostles' Creed, there are uh, six articles uh, directly related to the work of the Son. There are five articles related to the work of the Holy Spirit. But there's only one article related to the work of the of God the Father the fatherhood of God it is more than a confession that we make the fatherhood of God the fact that God is father is a blessing to us we confess he is my father for the sake of his son Jesus Christ so we're going to talk about the fatherhood of God this morning and This may seem like a strange text to turn to, to talk about God the Father. This is a text, Colossians chapter 1, which is classically used to describe the work of God the Son. And yet we're going to look at this text today because in looking at the Son, we get something of a clearer picture of who the Father is and what He does. The Son reveals the Father to us. So, uh, while this text may seem a little different, the text which talks about Christ, it also gives us a beautiful picture of God the Father. The fatherhood of God revealed through the Sonship of Jesus Christ. When asked in our confession, what do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of Heaven and Earth? The first confession we make is that He is the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is Father. We read in verse 15 about Christ, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Speaks of Christ as being firstborn. Well, if Christ is firstborn, He must have a father. It tells us that God is Father as well. And children, God has always been father, always. Now there was a time when I was not a father. For the first few years we were married, I was not a father. And then there was a time when I became a father and I am still a father. God has always been father. That is part of that that, that mystery of the Trinity, God's abiding presence throughout all eternity, but He has always been Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God did not become Father when Jesus was born. I became a father when my first child was born. God has always been the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It speaks of His majesty. It speaks about how far He is beyond us. There was never a time. God was not the eternal Father of Christ. Of course, that reality of His fatherhood was revealed in time. We look at verses 17. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Jesus Christ was before all things. He was before time. And so God was Father before time. Jesus reveals something of, of who God is as He comes in time to reveal the work of the Gospel and to reveal the Father to us. We think of a text like John chapter 1, verse 18, where we are told no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made Him known. No one's ever seen the Father. But Jesus Christ, the Son, comes to make Him known to us. We think of a text like Hebrews chapter one. In Hebrews chapter one, verse three, you read this. Speaking of Jesus, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. Jesus Christ comes the radiance and the glory and the exact imprint of the nature of God. He reveals God to us. Through the Son, we get to know the Father. By looking at the Son, we get a picture of the Father. And the same, again, the same is true for us. When a baby's born, one of the first questions we ask is, which side of the family does he look like? Look my like Dad or look like Mom? Who does he look like? The children look like the parents. When we see Jesus Christ, we see the radiance, the glory, the imprint of God the Father upon Him. So we read in verse 19, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. God sent His Son that He might be revealed as loving Father. If you think about that. We study creation. And we get a sense there is a God out there. If Jesus Christ had not come as Son of God, we would not know the glory of God's fatherhood. The Son reveals the glory of the Father, He is the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is also the Almighty Father of creation. It is not as if uh, God is simply the source of life. There are some who claim that you know things just emanate from God, the idea of pantheism and all these new age doctrines. God is distinct from creation. He's father of creation, but he's distinct. There is the creator-creature distinction. He is not like the creature just a little bit more. Some would say, God, we're like God. We're created in God's image. So, We are who we are, and God is a little bit more of who we are. No, God is distinct. Creator. And He creates through the instrumentality of His Son. God the Father is creator, but He creates through the Son. And that's why we read in verse 16 about Christ, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth. God the Father is creator. He creates through the sun, and that that creation that He makes reveals something of the majesty of God Himself. He makes things, and He is concerned for that which He has made. When I was um, growing up, uh, one of the things we did uh, as as kids for fun is we made um, plastic models. I don't know if people do that anymore, like models of cars. And models of airplanes and models of boats and we would work very carefully to to make these models and put them together and then we'd set them up on a shelf to take care of them so nothing would knock them off or break them we cared for that which we had made God creates through the work of his son and then God the father cares for his creation God the father is concerned for what he has made You see something of that that concern for creation in the words of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which goes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like a strong man runs its course with joy. It's rising from the end of the 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 heavens and it's circuit, the end of the earth, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The creation declares God's glory, the glory of God our Father. He created all things, our text says, all things visible and invisible. All of the things we see around us. But also the invisible world. God created the angels. And we don't know a lot about angels. When we read about them in Scripture, they appear to be glorious creatures. The seraphim with their wings. Glorious creatures. And we think, wow, what an amazing thing would be to to see an angel. And God made them. God made that which is so glorious because He is even more glorious. God reveals Himself in the creation He has made as a faithful Father to care for His work. He reveals Himself in creation as Father. He reveals Himself in re-creation. God made man in His own image. And yet man chose to go his own way he chose to neglect the way of God he put himself in a position where he needed to be reconciled to God the Father so we read in verse 20 again about the work of Jesus Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things making peace by the blood of his cross. God reconciles man to himself through the work of the Son. The Father determines that man will be reconciled. The Son accomplishes that purpose. That reconciliation reveals something of the love of the Father for his creation. When man chose to go his own way, God didn't say, well, go ahead and live that way then and you're stuck for the rest of your life. No, God in love sent Jesus Christ to reconcile a fallen mankind to a holy God. He makes peace between God and man by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's an expression of the love of the Father to know that we have been reconciled. The fatherhood of God He is the eternal Father of Jesus Christ. He is the almighty Father over all creation. And these are wonderful and great things. But the most impactful part of our our confession, we read He is the eternal Father of Jesus Christ. He out of nothing made heaven and earth. The The most important part of this confession is this. This great God,
1: Eternal Father,
0: Almighty Creator, this great God is my God and Father. This great and glorious One, who has always been Father of Christ, this great and glorious One, who made all we see around us, visible and invisible, this God is my God and is my Father because of Jesus Christ, His Son. He is the faithful Father of his people. So we read in verse 21. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled by his body of flesh, by his death. This is the description of those who who were walking in sin, alienated from God. The relationship broken, hostile in mind, not that man had that broken relationship and he was actively seeking to reconcile to God. We were hostile to him. We were those who were not only hostile in mind, who were doing evil deeds, finding ways to express that fallenness of heart as much as possible. This. Fallen creation, this fallen people, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to reconcile to Himself. We were not living like loving children of God. We were living like we were not caring. We even had a father. And so He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He sent His Son that we might be reconciled the body of flesh by his death. In order for God to reconcile that fallen people, it would take nothing less than the death of his firstborn son, Jesus Christ. The expression of the love of God the Father. Willing to sacrifice his firstborn son, Jesus Christ, That we might be reconciled to Him. He is faithful Father of His people. That's how much He loves us. And He continues to to call out the call of the Gospel that for everyone who confesses their fallenness, their sin, their hostility of mind, their evil deeds, for anyone who confesses and embraces that Jesus Christ, they know the love. God the Father. The the fatherhood of God becomes a reality for them as he is faithful, Father of his people. And knowing, knowing that we have been reconciled, knowing he has saved us, we read then in verse, last part of verse 22, we've been reconciled in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before Him. It's a wonderful thing to know the salvation of our God. It's a wonderful thing to know, Jesus Christ has paid for all of my sins. But that that truth, that knowledge, needs to make a difference. It needs to direct the things that we think and say and do. It makes a difference in our lives because we were reconciled To be holy and blameless. To live like God has called us to live. As we, as the Apostle says, as we continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the Gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven. We are called to be continuing in the faith being stable, being steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, not saying maybe there's some other way that I could be saved. Maybe there's something else I could do, but holding fast. There's one gospel hope that the Father, the Eternal Father Jesus Christ, the Almighty Father of creation, has provided the most excellent way of salvation in His own Son. Holding fast to that truth, we are called to live like children of God, that we might begin to look like children of God. And so I ask, do you see that resemblance to God growing in your life? For some of us, we have had the privilege of knowing our Sonship in Jesus Christ to the Father for many, many years, perhaps for all of our life. Do we see ourselves growing in that reflection of the Father of holiness and blamelessness? God calls us to continue to pursue after Him, to continue to seek His ways, to persevere in holiness, we might live in a way that is pleasing to Him, to grow in our devotion, to grow in our desire, that more and more we are conformed to the image of the Son, who is an image of the Father. This is only possible by the work of the Holy Spirit continuing in us as we continue in the faith. Oh, God calls us to recognize Him as Father. Not only the Father of Jesus, not only the Father of creation, but our Father. This God is my Father and my God for the sake of His Son, Jesus Christ. May that be our confession on this Lord's Day. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we thank You that You are Father. That you have always been Father. We have considered, oh God, your greatness, your majesty over Jesus Christ, over all that you have made. But our our hearts are moved when we can confess you are our God and Father for the sake of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord God, may that wonderful reality, may that glorious truth resonate in our lives. Help us, oh God to have an increased desire that we might look like your children and live in a way that brings honor and glory to you. Hear our prayer, O God. For Jesus' sake, amen.